Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Adrian Autry, Syracuse head coach with us. Coach served as Grand Marshal for the Juneteenth Parade in Syracuse. Coach, welcome to, sh- to the show. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. What does it mean to you to be the new head coach for Syracuse? Well, it means a lot. Uh, <clears throat> obviously, um, I had a chance to, you know, it's my alma mater. Um, I think uh, whenever you get a chance, you know, in coaching, um, to come back and represent your alma mater, um, it's like a dream come true. So, uh, you know, it's a surreal feeling, but I'm just very, very happy and privileged and honored uh, to be the head coach of Syracuse University. You not only played there, but you've also coached there for a very long time. How do you put your own stamp, though, on the program now that you're the head coach? You know, I just think of, you know, the the time that I've been here and the lessons that I've learned and me uh, being in the business for, you know, 15 years plus, uh, getting a chance to see different ways to do it. Uh, The one thing that I've always thought about is just when I became a head coach, just to do it in my way and uh, sticking to my beliefs and being and creating a program that I would want to be a part of. And uh, so uh, for me, I, I can't follow in the footsteps of, of Coach Bayheim. He's a legend. You know, you know, legends are hard to follow and try to uh, duplicate. So, uh, you know, I just have to do the best that I can do. That is something that we see in, in sports, like enormous pressure, especially for coaches who take over for legends in college programs. Can you get into a little bit more of what that is for you to walk into a job where there's been a mainstay for so many decades and it was won a national title and the whole thing? You know, for me, um, being here and uh, going to school here, I feel a part of the community. So it's home. You know, this is home for me. Uh, and the one thing that I, for me, for my mindset is what you just said, you know, I have to look forward. I can't look back, you know, looking back doesn't help me at all. So I have to look forward and be ready for the present. And that's kind of my mindset and my mentality. So that's how I've really handled all of this. Um, not looking back, but just moving forward. And does moving forward include a national title coach? Like uh, what's the timetable here? <laughs> you know what? Uh, it, 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 whenever it happens, if you know that's it can happen whenever. I, I'm 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 coaching for it to happen next year. You know that's always you know I have a sense of urgency, uh, and I want our guys to have a sense of urgency because you know everything matters. You know we talk about being in the present every day, uh, and you know working hard and moving forward and trying to accomplish great things. So you know for me, I don't have a time timeline. You know I hope it I hope it happens, and I hope it don't take too long. <laughs> I'm here because Keyshawn and Jay Will are in part celebrating Juneteenth. What does Juneteenth mean to you, Coach? You know, it's it's a day of acknowledgement. Um, obviously, it's uh, in this history, you know, in our country. You know, we've we've come a long way to get this acknowledgement, uh, to get this day, to make it a national holiday. So it's a lot of people that have sacrificed, fought, stood up for different things, um, and so to have a day like this. Um, as a federal, I mean, as a national holiday, is is just shows progress, and uh, so for me, it's it's just a, a moment of of reflection and you know thankfulness and gratitude for acknowledgement uh, for our community. Coach Adrian Autry, now the Syracuse head coach. Appreciate you jumping on with us this morning, Coach. Well, thanks for having me, you guys. So, 
it is a, it is a federal holiday now, a national holiday, long overdue Juneteenth. Meantime, people, I'm looking for a, a tweet, Amber, because someone had a funny one, and I wanted to give him credit for it, said that uh, Bradley Beal's father sent him to his son's team for pennies on the dollar on Father's Day. But I want to I want to find the author of the tweet and I can't. Anyway, whoever whoever wrote that tweet, you got to laugh out of me. Dennis in Delaware, you're on KJM ESPN Radio. Dennis in Delaware. Okay. No, Dennis. No, Dennis, Dennis not in Delaware. Showing out. I think I, I think he wanted to talk about the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, I too. Miami to is not showing up. Amber. I appreciate. I appreciate no, the Amber? effort on your part. Yeah, Amber. It, he didn't. He wasn't there, so we're not going to talk about the Dolphins in spite of <sighs> the best attempts. Another loss for Miami. Sad. However, yeah, a lot of losses for Miami. Miami's. You can't. You can't. What is it? Can't lose for winning or can't win for losing. I always okay. forget. But All at right. any rate, they keep winding up in the finals in different leagues as eighth seeds, and somehow then they're criticized for not winning the whole thing. I'm with you. Yeah. I'm Thanks with you. Uh, okay, here it is. Buffalo Soldier tweets, Bradley Beal's agent just traded his star client to his father's team for pennies on the dollar. Mm-hmm. On Father's Day, no less. What are we doing here? But I, uh, yeah, a good, a good day for Pops, right? A, a, a good day for, yeah, a good day for the dad of the agent who is the CEO of the Phoenix Suns. Also a good Father's Day a for a whole lot of Phoenix Suns fans. Wait a minute. Who's the father and who's the son? The father is the CEO of the Suns. The son is the agent is of the Bradley Beal. I may have had that reversed. All right. So anyway. he's trying to say it was a good Father's yeah. Day. That yeah, yeah. But as I a gift for Father's Day, the agent gets Bradley Beal, his client, to go to the Phoenix Suns. All of that is certainly makes for fun, right? And makes for an interesting conversation. Again, though, like the agent owes a fiduciary duty to his client. I think that this only goes so far in terms of actually mattering. I don't think it's why Bradley Beal is in Phoenix. Bradley yeah, Beal's in Phoenix because KD's there because <laughs> Kevin Booker's So let's Devin Booker's just there. clean it up. Amber, yeah, right. This is what I thought originally. Yeah. Okay, this is why the tweet would have been funnier if it were true. The issue is that the father is the agent, the son is the CEO. Oh, the father's the agent, the son's the CEO. Right, and the tweet reversed it. Right. He he has to go rethink the tweet. Got to rethink the tweet to make it better. So while we're doing this, you want to talk about Father Day's fail. So yesterday, the the Braves designated someone for assignment, and it happened to be that his father, the player's father, was going to throw out the first pitch. So, like, they on the day that, like, so they send the kid down back to the minor league. Wasn't well coordinated. Yes. Yeah, that's not good. And then yeah. there's the one that Pat wants to talk about. Yeah, did you guys see uh, Jordan Love? Yes, where he messed up. He somehow made himself the son of all Chicago Bears fans when I think he was trying to make himself their daddy. Yeah, he, said, he said Bears fans, happy Father's Day, basically, which implies that the Bears are his father, I guess. Right. Not he great. was trying to say, like, I'm your daddy. You should I- wish me happy Father's Day. I've used that one a million times with different radio partners of mine even on Father's Day. Where's my card? Stuff like that. How do you get that wrong, Jordan Love? I don't know, but also, isn't it too soon to talk bleep if you're Jordan Love? Right? Yeah, especially I mean, since it's a what have you done soon. so far? Exactly. Like, All right, let's listen, wait. I, let, let's get to Bradley Beal here. Let's stop messing around. I was going to – I figured let's throw you a Dolphins call, but – Bradley Beal is on the Suns, and now the question is, 
who's up next? What's the next domino to fall? Before we even get to Bradley Beal and what that means for the Western Conference, Amber, your team, the Miami Heat, has got to be looking at Damian Lillard, particularly after Lillard said what he said um, on Brian Custer's podcast, like definitely I'd want to go to the Heat. When the Heat signed Jimmy Butler, my comment at the time was, boy, Jimmy Butler, Pat Riley, and Eric Spolster, they all speak the same language, right? They have the same competitive language. Damian Lillard's not a defender, but speaks that same competitive language and would seem to fold perfectly into Heat culture. Culture, what's your sense of that and the sense basically in Miami about Damian Lillard? The Heat were already an elite team defensively in the postseason, right? I mean, we saw the Heat do things to the Denver Nuggets that quite literally nobody else did to the Denver Nuggets in the postseason. They were still great defensively. The problem wasn't defense for the Miami Heat. The problem was they couldn't coincide that with scoring points. And so they desperately need some help offensively. There is no help like Damian Lillard offensively. The Heat could use this player. It would make the Heat so much more exciting to watch, frankly, and then also it would probably maybe get them over the hump to get them that championship. You'd feel a lot better about it if they had that offensive production on their team. Damian Lillard's not available right now. That's what everybody keeps telling me, right? That's what Woj is telling me. That's what all of our reporters are, that he's not available. So right now, it's a pipe dream. But it's a pipe dream that feels a little bit like it could actually be reality. It's not just the comment that he made about the Heat on the podcast. It's the comment before that when he essentially put some uh, motivation to the Blazers to see what maybe they would do in the upcoming draft. Damian Lillard has been talking different the last couple months, and it's not something that we're accustomed to in Damian Lillard's career because that is a dude who has been undyingly loyal to his franchise, even one of his frustrated NBA fans at large because we all want to see him compete on the highest levels again. And Let's be honest here. If you're Damian Lillard and you and you want to work a trade, but certainly don't want to be the one who at least publicly is perceived as forcing the trade, what would you be putting out in the media right now? That you are looking for one or that you're not available and you quietly do things behind the scenes or at least have someone else start to apply that pressure? Um and he's doing it in the it nicest seems- way, too, by the way. Like, going on a podcast. You know, It's not like he's on with me and you, you know, making waves and ripping down the Blazers. He's not doing that, and that's no. not the type of blazer, the player he is. But he's on a podcast, gets set up the question. Here, I'm going to list these teams for right. you. Which one would you want to – it's like throwing little nuggets out there Amber, to if, let his team know it's probably time to start looking into some, into some deals. If you're a new GM in Portland – wouldn't you rather, instead of trying to get over the top in a situation where it doesn't look like that's in the offing, wouldn't you rather tear it down and buy yourself another three years to see what you can do with draft picks and, stu- and such, right? I look at it from the point of view of the incentives of the players. Play, me, by players, I mean the actors involved here. If I'm the GM in Portland and... You know, I I don't think I can get over the top in the West with what I have. I'm probably moving Lillard. That's probably my best bet. He's 33 years old. Um, He's likely never going to be better than he already is and pretty soon going to be worse in the next several years. And the amount of runway I get if I move him for a package of picks would seem to be substantial. So, like, I I just look at the incentive of the GM, the incentive for Damian Lillard, and the stated preference for the Heat, 
And if I had to guess where he's going to wind up, especially given Pat Riley's track record, I'm going to I'm going to say he's going to play for the Heat. But you know, time will tell. Now that the Suns have gone out and gotten Bradley Beal, where do you think they are in the Western Conference? And who? What's the team other than the Heat? And and Damian Lillard that needs to make a a move for a star. Eight 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 say ESPN. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small, and when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Sons got Bradley Beal. Shibia does not sit on his hands, that's for sure. Which team now needs to make a move for a star? Amber and I were just discussing Amber Wilson in for Key and Jay on this Juneteenth uh, here on KJM ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Amber, you and I were just discussing Damian Lillard to the Heat. I think that's on a lot of people's minds, but who else? What other star could be on the move and to whom? Mitch in New Jersey, you're on KJM. Good morning, guys. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Good show. Uh, hey, that's going to be something, uh, Phoenix. They call him the big three. I mean, is DeAndre Aiden, the, the, the forgotten guy, he's shooting the big four. It's not against the law, but two things. I think the second time around, Chris Paul with the Clippers, I think it'd be better. And you think they have enough ammunition to go get uh, Zion? I don't think Pelicans have a lot of leverage. I think they can get him. You know, Speaking of stars that could be on the move, Amber, people have speculated about Zion Williamson um, and you know whether or not he could be on the move and for what. I think especially guys like that, Chris Paul, Bradley Beal, falls into this category. Stars whose value for one reason or another, be it their contract, their injury history, their age, no trade clause, whatever it is, have depressed their trade value in such a way that it's not just that you're getting them, but you feel like you're getting them at a discount. What about Zion Williamson? 
Was that caller implying Zion to the Clippers in addition to CP3? Because I don't think the numbers work when you're talking about that. The conversation with Zion, though, is would he go to one of these teams that's sitting here at the top of this draft because you're willing to give up a top draft pick? And and reportedly, the New Orleans Pelicans have been really interested in Scoot Henderson. So do they move up to that number two spot and they're willing to give up Zion in order to do that? I mean, I do think that there is a market for Zion Williamson because of what we've seen from him in the very limited amount of time that we've seen him on the court. The problem is the very limited amount of time that we've seen him on the court. So how many teams are willing to take a flyer on a guy who has showed monster, monster talent but cannot stay available to his team and seems to have some questions there in terms of work ethic and keeping himself in shape? There's a market. There's a market, Max. I don't know how big the market is because you're also talking about a big-time player in terms of pay. Speaking of there's a market, Amber, you and I have not had a chance to discuss what Bobby Mark said earlier on the show, and you can download the Keyshawn J. Willemax podcast if you missed it. But when we asked about DeAndre Ayton, he said he's a good center and he has trade value. You know, you and I just began the show discussing DeAndre Ayton as though how do they get out of that contract? Who's the sucker that's going to take it? Because with Bradley Beal and Kevin Durant and, and, and Devin Booker presuming health, which is a, it's a, that's a big assumption, you know, but – Man, you got plenty of firepower. Now you need to flesh out the roster and get you got to get out from under that eight and contract. But Amber, Bobby Mark said he has trade value. And you think about replacing him with just kind of a league average center defensively and and a couple of pieces who can, you know, shoot and defend and suddenly you look at the if they could do that, you'd look at the Suns roster and you say, "You know what? They should be the favorites." They you know one more move like that, they might be the favorites. They closed the gap on 1 and 2, the favorites going into next year being the Nuggets and Celtics. They leapfrogged the Bucks and they're right on the Celtics' heels in terms of the odds in Vegas. That that was interesting to me. That Aiton really does have trade value that not only do you could you unload the contract, but you get something good back for him. A couple He said three different pieces that could be useful. Yeah, well, it I think it depends what your definition of something good back is, right? For a player who's a former number one overall pick. And so I, you have to keep that in mind when you're talking about DeAndre Ayton. Like, DeAndre Ayton is still a young player. He's a good, solid player. He brings size. By the way, he brings size to that Suns team. They could use some size, potentially. But they also need depth, and they need to be able to fill out that roster. I don't think that they can't get anything back from Aiton. I wasn't meaning to imply that, but I do think when you're talking about how Aiton came into the league and where the expectations were for him as a player, you're not getting anything back from him like we would have thought no. if we were having this conversation. If you, That's the reality. So can they get pieces? Sure. They can get bodies back for DeAndre Aiton. It's not a top pick that worked out, though, if but that's the de- what they're no, getting of course back not. in return. Amber, of course not, but the devil is in the details. So, like, if you look at the job done um, uh, in L.A., for example, like for the Lakers, you look at what um, the Lakers GM, whose name is uh, uh, Palinka, Rob Palinka, was able to <clears throat> do at the deadline, and and what he could, what he turned Russell Westbrook and other things into. Boy, he put together a championship-ish, a conference finals, obviously level contender at the trade deadline for a team that was floundering. They were not even in the play-in picture. Two-thirds of the league's in the play-in. They weren't even in that picture. Makes those trades. They become the best defensive team the rest of the regular season and then wind up in the conference finals competing in every game against the eventual champs who wound up steamrolling to a title. So that was for lesser pieces, one would think, than DeAndre Ayton, right? So if 
this is done smartly now, and you could get, you're right, it's never going to be what the number one overall pick ought to have fetched. But, man, if you can get three real NBA rotation pieces back for DeAndre Ayton, three rotation pieces, Amber, I mean, like rotation pieces on a championship team, a starter and two guys off the bench, the seventh and eighth guy even, on a championship level team, because if healthy, what KD and Booker and, and... Bradley Beal is more offensive firepower than most championship teams, right? Now flesh out the roster. If It sounds like that could be done. It sounds like it could be done, but we're also talking rotation pieces. I guess it's just, it depends where the conversation begins. And when you begin with the words top pick and then you end with the words rotation but pieces, here we are. it's a disappointment. Here we are. And you know it's what, his- Max? Yeah. If they win a championship, none of it matters. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they could look- get back a bag of chips for DeAndre Ayton. If they win a championship, no one cares. But the reality is that was a big swing and a miss in terms of no that doubt. draft. It no, just no, was. Especially Luka was in that draft, no doubt. Yeah. What, what I'm saying is that's water under the bridge. You can't throw good money after bad. I also get this one all. Is it bad money after good? But the point is you, you can't like relitigate that whole thing. What's done is done. What you can do now is look forward and say, if DeAndre Ayton actually has trade value where you can get three rotation pieces back. Again, by rotation piece, I don't mean a replacement level player from the G League, right? When If you go back to my star system, five is an MVP, four stars is an all-star, three is a starter, two is a, 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 a rotation piece, one is a replacement player level player. If you can get a three and a couple twos, or, or two I mean, threes uh, and a two for eight. Too, it's too much, right? That I looks mean, like a championship contender. To, that, I, not a champion. That looks like the odd. That looks like the favorites to win the championship to me. Wasn't he just benched for Jock Lindell during his matchup with the Nuggets? Like I, it's it's hard for me with Aiton because I do think he's a good player. I think he's got the promise there. The problem is the promise hasn't panned out. I mean, people look at the him? size. They look at the athleticism. I'm not saying I would keep him because of the precarious situation the Suns are in. Like, they need more guys on that roster. Also, everybody they'd be trading DeAndre Ayton to knows that they need more guys. So they're not going to let themselves get fleeced, even for rotation rotation pieces, for DeAndre Ayton. You're taking on the contract. You're not giving up much in return, I don't think, because you know there's some desperation there from the side. Not according to Bobby Marks. Like, you may be right, and that was my initial impression. But according to someone who's been in the front office in the league – yeah, you could he's get great like too. Yeah. you could get like three different pieces potentially for him. Now I'm not saying the Knicks are that sucker anymore, but let's say a team that would give you the equivalent value of someone like Mitchell Robinson and 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 Josh Hart and something, something like that. If something like that is available from a team like Indiana, I'm just saying in terms of three different pieces that would work well. Man, you make you pull the trigger on that deal, you're going to leapfrog the Nuggets as the as the favorites to win the whole thing. Based on the, what you already got. See, that little smile tells me you just don't I, believe it. I don't, but now you left me how much time again? 30 seconds, I think? Uh, no, actually, we're a minute over. I left oh, you. I need a you minute left back. Me not from even you. that. A negative 60 Next seconds. Next segment, when I ask you a question, you have to say nothing for one minute. <laughs> does Bradley Beal, does the trade already make the Suns the best team in the West? KJM. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. 
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. It's Juneteenth, so Key and Jay are off. And Amber Wilson is in, in their place from Joe and Amber. Weekdays, 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern here on ESPN Radio. We're joined now by friend of the show, Quentin Richardson, co-host of Knuckleheads Podcast. What's going on, Q? <laughs> What's going on? What's going on? Appreciate y'all having me. Well, what's going on? Bradley Beal on Phoenix. Q, we're looking at Phoenix now. These guys are, have all missed a bunch of time in recent years, but, boy, that's a lot of offensive firepower, and we've been batting around the last segment or two what might happen with DeAndre Ayton. Can you break him into, let's say, three parts, a decent defensive center, and a couple extra pieces to kind of deepen the rotation? What would you do? Uh, from the sounds of it, man, it seems like you know that, that, that he can yield yield a nice little catchback. So I mean, I think if, if if things aren't you know going in the direction where you know the Suns want to retain him and keep him as part of that team, I think that he he definitely can um, yield some good pieces coming back to the Suns in return. But if you get rid of DeAndre Ayton, do you have enough size on this Suns team? I mean, obviously there's going to be a significant lack of depth. We saw that be a problem this past postseason for this team. But now they've got five guys under contract. They're going to have to round out this roster. If you get rid of Ayton, though, aren't you also, in addition to a depth problem, going to have a size problem? I think that all depends on what they are able to bring back. I mean, obviously you don't want to uh... – be lacking a seven footer or, you know, a big man that can play and especially in the Western conference with what uh Joker has just shown he's able to do. So, I mean, they definitely going to, if, if they do let go of Aiden, one of those pieces return and have to be a big man and a sufficient one. Yeah. I mean, by the way, one big ain't got, ain't got nothing for Joker, right? You need probably three bodies and a bunch of fouls <laughs> to throw at Joker. Anyway, talking to Quentin Richardson, former NBA player, of course, here on KJM ESPN radio. So what do you think Bradley Beal means for them as of right now, though? What do you think their chances are in the West? I think their chances are as good as anybody, man. I mean, obviously, like we said, they they, they have to round that roster out and put some depth and add some more pieces to it. But, I mean, you, you definitely look at a, at a uh, bona fide, legitimate big three. I mean, you got... Devin Booker, who was playing at a, at, a, at a superstar level last year. We know what Kevin Durant is and who he is when he's healthy. And now you add a guy like Bradley Beal, who, who's, who's been a, you know, a 27, 28 point per game score, you know, an all-star type player. And now you put him in position 
to be in a, a team where he's contending to really show, you know, what he's all about. And this is his first time being away from the Wizards. And um, he's got a real chance to win. So this is this is going to be a big, big, big season for uh, Brad Bill, I feel like. Q, I know, I know, I know he's, a, he's a fantastic player. I get it. And I know a lot of times ballers, like athlete eyeball tests, you're like, you know, Bradley Beal's like as good as it gets. But in fact, not quite. There is a little mm-hmm. level above that, right? Like we heard a voice coming in saying it's like when KG went to ball. KG was considered, is he the best player in the game? He's like MVP level. There are levels to this, as Meek yeah. Mill said. What level is Bradley Beal on, right? KD is MVP level. D-Book is like the next thing to it. What's Bradley Beal? I think he has a season to show us, man. I think one of the one of the main reasons that, that that you can't put a finger on what he is is because he's had a little injury play uh, history as of late. But more importantly, man, the Wizards weren't really ever in a contending situation for him to be uh, exalted to those type of standards and things like that. We know to be an MVP, you know, contender, you have to be on one of the best teams and things like that, or you have to have like be averaging thirty five or something. He hadn't done that, but I think. I think this is a this is a, a real chance for him to show where where he where he uh, where he lies in that in that ranking and all of those different things because because of the level of his team he hasn't really been privy to any of those conversations but I think now it's wide open for him being on a team like the Suns and they're gonna probably be one of the best teams in the league and and he he's playing with two superstars man that makes everything a little bit easier for for each of those guys because each of them are so good that they're gonna cause so much attention for each other. Yeah, Suns Bradley Beal might look a little bit different than Wizards Bradley Beal, at least for the last couple of years (laughs) there. Quentin Richardson joining us here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. So, Q, you keep mentioning that they are one of the best teams in the league. A lot of people have them as the favorites in the West. By the odds makers, they're not actually the favorites in the West right now. That's still the Nuggets. Are you surprised by that? Yes. No, not to me. I mean, I still have the Nuggets as a, as a, as a team to beat right now. I mean, I, I think it's going to be a lot of things going on leading up into this draft and then after the draft and in free agency. But I think right now, as, as things are standing, uh, you got to have Nuggets as the best team, man. They bring in five or six of their core guys, starters, and everybody back. And I would expect they're going to bring more of their team back and try and make whatever improvements they can. But uh, they, they absolutely are the favorites right now, in my opinion. Q. Throughout the playoff run, the Nuggets, I get like they played a lot, combined the highest seeds or lowest seeds rather ever, but the biggest number, an eight seed, a seven seed, I get it. But on the other hand, on the way to get that chip, the Joker got pelts on the wall, right? He got KD, (laughs) put him right next to LeBron, right? Like he went through some titans to get there. Is he the best player in basketball as we speak? I think you have to say he is, man. He, he's the world champion. He just averaged a triple-double in the playoffs, man. He's done some things. That, I mean, he led the entire playoffs in, in points, uh, rebounds, and assists. Something that's never, ever been done, not by Kareem, Will, MJ, nobody. I mean, at this point, I think you have to give him his due respect and say that, you know, he at, at this moment, he's the best player in the world. He, he led his team him for the, the title. championship. He's- Who's pushing him for that title, for that title, best player in the world? Giannis in my book, man. I think I think Giannis is the is is, is the guy. I think he's the one who's never gonna stop coming. I think he doesn't take any summers off. I think he's the one you see him come back physically shredded and ripped, and he plays every possession to exhaustion. I think 
I think it's Giannis, man. I, he's always going to be right there. He was the MVP before. I think he'll be the next one. And um, Giannis, Giannis is that dude right now, man. He's, a, he's, a, he, he's like Thanos out there. Meanwhile, Joel Embiid is out here hugging his uh, MVP trophy, right? <laughs> We're not even mentioning him <laughs> in that big conversation. <laughs> not big fella problem, but I mean, I just, in, 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 in that conversation, I mean, it just, I mean, you could just, I think Jokic is just too skilled, but I mean, you can look at, you can line each of them three guys up and you can tell who does what in the summer. When you look at Joel, Joker, and Giannis. It's just night and day. Hugh, it's so funny because, Amber, you bring that up, and it's true. Like, you think of what a championship does for a player. You're right. When you think of the two guys, it's Giannis and Jokic. They got the two MVPs apiece, but they also both got chips and played extraordinarily well. And Embiid, I think, going into this upcoming season, would benefit the most from a chip. In the sense that he would, like, all of a sudden you'd be talking about all time, where does he rank? Because while Joker has it on the offensive end in terms of skills, MB got those offensive skills and the defensive skills. All of a sudden you look at both ends of the floor, a chip would be amazing for him. The question is, is he on a team that can get it done? Could they get it done? Uh, that's a big if, man. I, don't, I mean, we got to see what's going to happen with James Harden. And we saw this year, even with them having James Harden, they weren't able to get it done. So, I mean, they're going to have to. I mean, I like the, I like they got Nick Nurse over there now. Uh, Doc had Doc, Doc is gone. Now they got Nick Nurse, a new direction. So, I mean, we'll see. But, I mean, you still got to get get James Harden back in the door. And we, we don't know what's going to happen with that. And you're not getting Bradley Beal, I'll tell you that much. Quentin Richardson, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Q, thanks a million for jumping on with us this morning. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me, y'all. Anytime. Are the Suns the favorites in the West? Is this KD's, I know every year we ask it, but we got to ask it again. He's on a lot of good teams. Is it his last best chance to win a title? Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. It's time for the progressive NBA snapshot. So, Chris Paul says he found out on a flight to New York City on Saturday about reports of being traded to the Washington Wizards by the Phoenix Suns. 
His quote was, I was surprised too. He said this on Good Morning America. In this league, anything can happen. I don't think he's going to stay in Washington. It seems to me like there is a, uh, an intention to move him to a contender. He's 38 years old. He's like a goodwill ambassador for the league. He's in all the commercials, the whole thing. And it would be nice to see him. Amber, even though it's a little late, like if, even if he wins a championship now, it's more like a Gary Payton, Jason Kidd. Oh, Jason Kidd still had some left, but it's not like Chris Paul in his prime leading a team to a championship, right? It's like Chris Paul adding on to a team that's mostly ready, probably. It would still be nice to see. Well, that's why he wants to go to a contender. It would still be great to see. And I think it would ultimately come down to how much he contributes to the championship, right? Like if he's watching it happen from the bench while they're winning it because he's injured again, then yeah, it doesn't help the legacy that much. But if he's actually able to contribute to the championship, it helps a little bit. Not like it would have in his prime when we all used to have that conversation about how bad he needs one, but certainly would still help. Robert in South Carolina. You are on Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max Amber Wilson in for Key and Jay, ESPN Radio. Good morning. Good morning. Wanted to touch base and go back around the corner again, back to LeBron being an executive. And you actually proved what I'm going to tell you a little bit ago when you talked about Palinka actually making the team better. LeBron, in his past executive experiences as being GM, which we all know he did, He's got to learn how to prioritize talent over friendship. And if he can do that, he may become a good executive. But right now, the moves he's made as GM are terrible. I don't know about terrible. Amber, like, I I brought up Jerry West earlier because you and I were kind of debating the idea that, you know, what a, a, a player does if he ever becomes an owner, like Michael Jordan was a terrible owner can affect his legacy in some way. And I mentioned Jerry West as a guy who was among the greatest players ever, but what he did as an executive was special, you know? And that's different than, like, a shoe deal or doing something else because it affects the on-the-court product. It leads to more championships for your franchise. But even Jerry West, who is arguably the greatest executive in the history of American team sports, Jerry West didn't want to draft Magic Johnson, you know, because he was not used to seeing a big point guard like that, didn't believe in his handles or whatever it was. So it's not like, you know, he was overruled, but it's not like even the best ever won't make some bad decisions. And LeBron as a GM in, 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 you know, insofar as you can call him one has a pretty good track record. It doesn't mean he's going to be perfect. I actually agree with that caller. I think LeBron as a GM doesn't have the best track record. I mean, I guess, are you giving him credit for bringing Anthony Davis to Los Angeles? I suppose you could say that he has a hand in that decision. And obviously they do get a championship out of that. Now they get a championship out of that in a really rare season. There was a lot that went into that, a lot of time off because of COVID. They want it in a bubble without the travel. You could argue that since that trade hasn't exactly panned out with Anthony Davis being able to take over that number one and allow LeBron to age gracefully because he's not available enough. The moves around those two guys, though, I kind of agree with that caller. I mean, as a general manager, if we're, giving him the GM title. I don't know if LeBron's Wait. been the best one because he makes a lot of these decisions with friends and he might be making another one with CP3. I could see CP3 joining that organization as well. But... I do wait, think wait, the executive conversation, by the way, is a little different than the owner conversation because you keep referencing Jerry. Well, we could talk about Pat Riley there, you know, player, coach, oh, uh, ge- general manager, but I think the owner conversation for Michael Jordan's a little bit different than being the GM of a team. I don't know. I, 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 I don't. I think like someone like Dr. Jerry Buss 
greatest owner in the history of American team sports by some measure, right? Like, I think that were he to have also been a great player, that certainly would have enhanced his legacy, what he did as an owner. And Michael Jordan is the opposite of that. If LeBron's an owner one day and then they win titles, is it going to be LeBron hires people better or is it going to be LeBron makes those decisions? I don't think fans care. I think they want to see the championships. Like, and, And by the way, let's go back to LeBron as the GM for a second. Westbrook, if he pushed for that, that didn't work out, right? The whole thing. I get it. Right. But in Cleveland, he really wanted them to bring another all-star. They didn't do it for him, so he left, right? And they put together the team in Miami. Then he goes back to Cleveland. They had the number one pick. He's like, okay, go get me Kevin Love, basically. They wind yeah, up with Kyrie Kevin Love. Kyrie was already there. I mean, it, Kevin that? Love was a nice little piece. Kyrie was already there. Kyrie right? was like, there and improving. Joins, and that was not his decision. No, no, and of course Kyrie not. Kyrie had everything to do with them winning that championship. Yeah, yeah, but Kyrie was already there. But LeBron looked and said, no, Kyrie and a rookie is not enough. I need them to bring in a third star, right? And they went out and get, got Kevin Love. It obviously fit very well. They went to four straight finals and won one. Um, he goes to L.A. Say, I mean, the fact that A.D. gets crit- – They've won a championship and gotten back to a conference finals in four years. Oft injured, by the way. They won a championship and got back to a conference finals. That's pretty good. Most teams haven't won championships. Because LeBron's the greatest player of his generation. Is it LeBron doing something so magical as a general manager, so to speak, a pseudo-general manager? Yeah, I think so. Or is it LeBron being the greatest player of his generation? And I would argue it's LeBron being the greatest player. Because LeBron and Kyrie, I don't know if Kevin Love... I mean, Kevin Love it was a nice piece on that Cleveland team. Don't get me wrong. There's also a bunch of other pieces that would have fit into that role alongside LeBron and Kyrie, and they still probably could have gotten a championship out of it. Maybe, but Amber... If you respect LeBron as such a super great player, which I agree, I think everyone agrees with, that's a fact, right? It's not even subjective. But a large part of that is his basketball IQ. He knows what he's looking at. So to say, yeah, Kevin Love fit in, but a lot of other guys, but maybe yes, maybe no, but Kevin Love was the guy who was available, and Kevin Love is who he seemed to want, and Kevin Love is who he got, and they went to four straight finals and won a championship against the 73-win team. You know, uh, even identifying Kyrie as the piece, yes. Remember, they were losing every game with Kyrie there. But LeBron's saying, yup, with him, I can... Like, I, I think his assessment of what would help him is more often correct than not correct. And when you see where it winds up getting them, it's like very correct. LeBron wanted to fire Eric Spolstra after his first season in Miami. I think we're giving LeBron a little bit too much credit when it comes to some of those larger basketball decisions. As I said, Jerry West wanted to pass on Magic Johnson. Doesn't, doesn't change the fact that he was an incredibly, you know, the, the, no one's perfect, but you get the big things right enough and you win a lot of championships. Once again, Amber, uh, it's time now to move on. So. <laughs> Amber Wilson, ladies and gentlemen, you can check out Joe and Amber, 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on ESPN Radio. Pleasure, as always, Amber, fun to host a show with you. Brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Looking for a career path with flexibility and great pay and benefits? Go to Progressive.com slash careers and apply online today. Jay and Key back tomorrow. Have Juneteenth off. I think it's only right, Amber, that we work. Jay Jay and Key can have it off. ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two. 
Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.